Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 84. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Have you ever felt stressed out and overwhelmed, especially by your kids? Probably yes. Probably one of the reasons that you're here. I know that I certainly have. In fact, I did just this morning, which is why I asked my father if he could take the boys to a trampoline park while I record, then finding out that I don't have the right cord for my microphone. (laughs) So I'm recording this on my phone in case it sounds a little bit strange. I have had many times in my motherhood journey where I have felt dysregulated, angry, overwhelmed, and that's why I'm so excited to talk today to Michelle Grosser, who is with the Calm Mom podcast. Michelle is a nervous system expert, a certified master life coach, as well as the host of the Calm Mom podcast. And through somatic and neuroscience-based modalities, she coaches women through discovering what's beneath their triggers and emotions so they can begin their healing journey and find peace in the present. She deeply believes that the most profound thing we can offer our children is our own healing. And she and her husband, Jeff, have two daughters. They live in Miami, Florida. And this was such a wonderful conversation because... I just am triggered frequently, and a lot of times I don't think about the root cause and what's going on, and also how I can proactively change my habits in order to increase my, what Michelle calls, neurological fitness, and also regulate my nervous system proactively. That way, when I am getting stressed and overwhelmed, I can more easily get into that regulated state. So I know you are going to love this conversation with Michelle. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's conversation with Michelle Grosser. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I am beyond excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here too. Oh, yes. And if anyone needs you in their lives, it's me. (laughs) So, but all the other people are here listening too. So we'll just let them listen in on the conversation. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would love it if you could introduce yourself, just talk about you and your family and how you serve moms and the work that you do. And when you're not doing all those things, how you like to spend your quote unquote free time, if any of that exists. <laughs> I am in this season, I am wearing so many hats. It's just wild what, what God has me doing in this season, but I am 
a mom of two. Um, so I have a five and a six and a half year old here in Miami. I live here with my husband and our girls. I am a practicing attorney. So I've been practicing law for the last I don't know, 12, 13 years. I have my, my own practice out of this spare bedroom that I'm sitting in now. And I, in the last you know five or six years, have really been called to explore our nervous system and how it relates to motherhood and learning how to uh, regulate and how to process and release our emotions in healthy ways and how we can teach that to our children. And I help women now um, in a podcast that I host and through coaching uh, the Call Mom podcast, really understanding uh, how they can regulate their nervous system to help manage anxiety and overwhelm and burnout and all of the things that come along with that, um, especially in motherhood, because it's a lot. And on top of all of that, about two years ago, God really called my husband and I to plant a church here in Miami. So we are pastoring uh, One Name. It's called, the ministry is called One Name. And that is just so beautiful. And it's my favorite thing. And it's growing. And there's midweek ministries and teams now and all of this other stuff. I never thought I would be past a pastor <laughs> and add that to my name. But God just has such a sense of humor. So learning how to hold all of that has been such a, a way that he's called me to embody what I teach. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that he's so gracious and that I, the only way I'm able to even come close to holding and managing and being able to do all of this from a place of mostly regulation is because I've done that, that work, um, that he walked me through that before kind of dropping all this other stuff on on my plate. And then also in all of that, I guess the art of understanding how little control I actually have and need to have. <laughs> so, so much surrender in all of that and, and delegating and releasing. And that's a whole, a whole journey and regulation also. So free time in my free time. Do you I have like, any? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like to do nothing in my free time. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Just sit in the dark. <laughs> no sounds. I think that's my favorite thing to do when I have free time. But yeah, that's that's kind of where my my feet have me these days. Wow. Well, yeah. I would sit in the dark too. <laughs> if I was doing all of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And my next question might kind of seem funny after that, whether you've ever felt overwhelmed in your mother, <laughs> which is, yeah. I mean, of course you have, but it's amazing. Like you said that you were able to do sort of that work of understanding emotional regulation. And now you're able to walk into what God has called you to do, which is just so fantastic. And I didn't realize you had planted a church with your husband. That is amazing. And I would love it if you could bring us back to a time, it could be recent, it could be a while ago, just when you were feeling just that complete overwhelm in motherhood and what was sort of that catalyst for you to be able to make a change and, and what did you do? How did, how did you change? Yeah, I love this. I think so a couple of things, one, even in choosing the name of the podcast, like the calm mom, I wrestled with that so much because I'm like, I do not want to be part of the problem in society that I think perpetuates this idea that as moms, we need to be calm all the time because that is so far from the truth and unrealistic. And if that is what we're aiming at, that we want to be 
calm all the time, we're just setting ourselves up for failure, right? It's just, we're human beings and there's too much at stake in motherhood and too much stimulation and too much going on for us to always be calm. So if that's you, just release that right now and take a deep breath. But the goal within that is to grow in our resilience, right? I don't want to be a calm mom all the time. I want to be a resilient mom so I can experience the ups and the downs, but I have tools that I can use to bring myself back to that state of calm or that regulation. So do I still experience moments of overwhelm? Yes, I do more frequently than I'd probably like to admit. And because of the work that I've done, I can notice it more quickly and more efficiently regulate. And now it's more of a signal to me that something's off, right? And I can get curious about what that is and I can do something about it. When I think about periods in my life that have been really overwhelming, especially in motherhood, I always think back to to like the newborn phase and early motherhood. (laughs) And I kind of laugh now because it's like, you have all of this hindsight. And my husband and I thought we were so ready. We had taken the breastfeeding course and the birthing course and like all of these different things. And then we bring home a baby. I had a C-section. So it's like everything that just happens to our bodies physically in childbirth. We come home with this human being. And like people had always talked about like, man, marriage is so hard and so much work. And I never really understood that because Jeff and I always got along really well. And it's like, I was in law school or he, he worked in restaurants and it was so easy. Like we'd get home at 10 PM and go to dinner at midnight on South beach. We lived on South beach. It was like, <laughs> we're best friends. It's so fun. Then we brought home a baby. I'm like, Oh my God, this is just so hard. It's so hard. Cause we were so ill-equipped at that time. I was, I'd been practicing law my whole life. I was someone who was ruled by logic and rules. And I was so disconnected from my body and my emotions and my feeling what I thought was foundational in our communication skills was so far off um, from being healthy. And my daughters are 16 months apart. So I think I was like four months postpartum, I think, before I found out I was pregnant again. And it was just like, you know, trial by by fire. And I remember one night, like breastfeeding at like four in the morning in the rocking chair in the dark and just crying and like just bawling with the tears coming down and like I just remember that that being a peak of overwhelm, like my body, I was so burnt out. My body was just saying, like, if you're not going to slow down, I'm going to slow you down. And um, not having the tools or the resources to even know where to go next or what to do, just feeling like I was stuck in a pit. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm never alone anymore. And I've never been more lonely. Mm. And it was just this thought of like, this is so overwhelming. Like I, I feel so alone in this. And that really led me to, to this journey in, in nervous system work and the work that I'm doing now and why I'm so passionate about it. But I just remember being so overwhelmed and then feeling so stuck, which is also overwhelming. And it's kind of like this cycle, this loop. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that because I, I feel like moms everywhere have that crying in the dark yeah. on the whatever floor or chair or whatever, and just kind of having that surrender, like I cannot do it anymore feeling. And I know that I have been there before and it's funny you're talking about, you know, taking the birthing classes and the breastfeeding classes. And I wish they would have offered the emotional regulation anger classes because I 
have scared myself as a mom so many times, not knowing who who was doing these things that were happening. And my husband has told me how motherhood has changed me. And yes, it's changed all of us, but changed who I was as a person and my emotional state. And I don't feel like any class or anyone prepares you for that. And like you in this state of dysregulation and mine was more the the physical wanting to grab, move, you know, do, I'm not going to say hit because that was not the case, but physical things to my kids, which is just terrifying, not knowing how to take everything that was bubbling up inside me and where could it go. Right. And so how are you able now in what you teach when we're feeling that dysregulation, whatever that might be, and it might be anger, it might be overwhelm, it might be anxiety, it might be just that numbness, because I will, I also have the shutting down. If you were to come and cut my arm, I wouldn't even maybe feel it because I feel so numbed out to the world. And what are some of those techniques that you learn to kind of bring us back to a regulated state? Because I feel like so many of us are crying for help, kind of like you were in that moment, you know, nursing your daughter in the chair. And we just don't know what to do because we feel ashamed. We feel ashamed of how we're feeling. And that for, you know, in my case, we struggle with infertility. I prayed and prayed and prayed for these children. And then I was becoming a person I didn't even recognize. And now I'm getting all teary-eyed. I told you this is going to be a therapy session for me, Michelle. Uh, so what do we do when we're in the, I can't do this anymore. I don't know who I am. I can't show up this way. This is not what I'm called to feeling. Like, where do we go from there? Yeah, it's really, it's really tough. And I, I just relate to so much of that. And we're the same way. Like I've had four miscarriages and then you hold your baby and then it's like, I'm not even enjoying this. Like, this is, this is not me. And it's, it is scary. And I think that's, you know, we talk about mom guilt and it gets thrown around. Like I didn't throw my kids the birthday party, like the one on Pinterest or whatever, but I think it runs so much deeper than that one. We're experiencing deep dysregulation because it's, it's not, it's not what our, there's such a gap between what we, our vision of what motherhood was going to be like, and then what we're actually experiencing because we're just not resourced. So when it comes to, 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 to noticing that and then what to do about it, I think the first step is just awareness. Um, we cannot intervene in a world that we can't see. So we have to have this awareness that will always precede a choice, right? It's like, okay, I'm aware that this, reg- this dis- dysregulation is coming up in me. Now I can do something about it because I'm conscious to it. I think as, as women, as moms, the pace within which we live life in this Western culture, like we are so out of touch with our bodies, partially because of the pace with which we live. Like we we do not slow down enough to pay attention. We have a a headache and we're just like, I don't have time to deal with this. I've got to like take an Advil and then make the lunches and go to the dance recital and all of the things. And we're so quick to kill the messenger and we're not listening to the message and our body's always communicating with us. So just starting to recognize the ways in which your body communicates with you are these somatic cues are coming up in us, right? So is it that you get a headache? Is it that there's 
I know when I'm starting to get frustrated and overwhelmed, man, my shoulders come right up to my ears and I'm just like, why? I'm like so tense. And I know that if I like turn the wrong way, I'm going to get a, a kink in my neck because that oh, there's so much tension there. Your jaw, right? A lot of us wear like mouth guards at night or we clench our teeth. We wake up with tight jaws, TMJ. This is all emotional, like emotional stuff stuck in our bodies that our body's trying to express to us. There's something going on here. You've got to release and do something about this back pain, gut, gut issues, IBS, autoimmune conditions, insomnia, emotional, um, emotional um, volatility, anxiety, brain fog. Like these are all symptoms of nervous system dysregulation that we've either just come to accept as parts of our personality or like, oh, this is just my season of motherhood. I'm just going to feel awful for the next 20 years and then I'll get my life back. And I'm just here to tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. So when we start noticing these things in our body, when we understand how our nervous system functions, we can do something about it. So our nervous system has three circuits, right? Our, we have three neural circuits. We have our, our regulated circuits called the ventral vagal. And then we have this activated circuit when we're in that fight or flight response. So we know how that feels, right? We're irritable or edgy, or we want to run or whatever. That's that sympathetic state. And then when we become overwhelmed, it's like our body is hitting the gas and the brakes at the same time. And it's way too much for our system. And it will just shut down as a self-protective measure. And that's when we feel that numbness that you're mm -hmm. describing, the overwhelm, the burnout, the dissociation, the disconnection, all these things. And, and our body is just protecting itself because there's way too much coming in and we're not dealing with it. Um, so when you notice that, you can then be like, okay, I am feeling dysregulated. I'm feeling super activated right now. I feel like I want to punch a wall or I feel like I want to just run and hide under my covers or lock the bathroom door and sit in here and cry. Now that I have this awareness, I can do something about it. And the thing is that our nervous system, well, I guess a couple things. One is that 80% of the nerves in our body are afferent. And that means that they run from our body up to our brain. So only 20% of all of the messaging going on in our system is from our brain down to our body. So that's why when we tell ourselves things like calm down, it's not a big deal. Don't get upset. Or even worse, if someone else tells us to calm down, it's not effective, right? Because that's only, it's like four to one tug of war, but our brain is telling our body to do this. But the other 80% of our body is like, this isn't safe. This reminds me of something. This is triggering. This is, you know, and we're in this stress response. So that's very it's tough, right? Like we, we can, we can have all this mindset work and do all this stuff and know in our, in our knower, in our brain, that it's not a big deal, but the messaging coming from our body is not the same. So we have to show our body in a way that it understands that it is safe and it, it can regulate. It can come out of a stress response and regulate. And our body does not speak a verbal language. That's why we can't just tell it to do things. We have to show it in a way that it understands. So our body receives communication through movement, through sound, through gentle and appropriate touch, through breath. So these are the type of somatic practices we want to have in our toolbox to show our body that it's safe. And God made our body. It's like it's so perfectly designed. And that when we learn how to greet these emotions that are coming up with compassion, instead of the, the judgment we're so quick to come to, right? Anger's coming up in us and we're like, zip, we put it right back down because we're a woman and heaven forbid we'd be angry and is anger a sin and like all of these stories that we tell ourselves. 
But like I was even reading it this morning, like we are made in God's image. God has emotions. Like we see it all over the Bible, right? So if we can retrain the patterning of our mind, right, and be renewed to realize that and greet these things that come up with compassion, when we have tools to allow them to express, it only takes about 30 to 90 seconds for that to actually run its loop, all of that emotionally charged energy to run its cycle and release. Oh, and we feel so much better after. But when we continue to store it and repress it and suppress it and push it down, the amount of energy that that takes for our bodies to hold, right? It's like we're holding this big inflated beach ball under the water constantly right and we've all done it and then it like pops out and it <laughs> splashes on everyone else that we didn't intend for it to and it's the same thing with our emotions so when we're already so tapped we're already so, so stimulated and now we're holding all of this stuff in it's no wonder that our window of tolerance is so narrow and it just takes you know one comment from our kids or one look from our husband and we just fly off the handles because we're living on the edge of our capacity so what are the tools that we can use I can give you guys a couple um, and I can also give you a link, Emily, we can put in the show mm -hmm. notes. To like, I think it's like four pages of different regulation resources. You guys can probably Google some too, um, but they're all centered around our body, right? So think different breathing techniques. You can even just Google like 10 minute breathing breathwork session and you can do some box breathing or um, different kinds of breathing. Uh, uh, one of the most powerful ones that I like to use as a mom too, because it's so quick and so effective is called the the physiological breath and you breathe in through your nose like a long breath and then when you think you've reached like max lung capacity you take one more quick breath through your nose and then you breathe out slowly through your mouth so without it being too gross it sounds <laughs> like, this, right? like and you can just do that two three times and you'll notice a shift in your physiology in the state of your nervous system and it's really focusing on the length of our exhale too. Because sometimes when we take a deep breath in, you even just think about it like preparing for fight or flight, you would need that like, and then you fight, and then you flight. So sometimes that can signal to your body you're preparing for some sort of stressor or, or, or uh, something that's unsafe, right? But really allowing ourselves to be slow in our exhale is great for regulation. Temperature. Our body really responds to temperature changes. So cold plunge is all the rage. That's great for, for our, our nervous system. Um, if we don't cold plunge, just turning on the shower cold for a couple seconds at the end, or if you're someone who experiences anxiety or even you feel panic attacks coming on, even just taking like a mixing bowl and filling it with ice water, hold your breath and dunk your face in that for 15 or 20 seconds can really, it, it actually redirects your blood supply away from your non-essential organs and brings it to your brain and your heart. And it can actually thwart an oncoming panic attack. Um, grabbing frozen vegetables and putting them on the back of your neck where your vagus nerve runs from your brain down to all of your major organs, just that can help shift the state of your nervous system. What are some other things? And then a lot of it's just getting out of our heads into our bodies, right? We're so stuck in our heads and it's like the looping thoughts and the ruminating and the worst case scenario and the worries. And we can just, you know, bring our awareness to our five senses. Put your hand in a fist and kind of like tap all along your arms and your legs a minute and just notice the difference as your awareness comes into the sensations of your body and it returns to safety and regulation. Um, so many different 
different strategies. And if you're going to try some of these, I just, the goal is not to have 17 different things that help me regulate because that's also my dysregulation, just wanting more and wanting variety, but kind of to what you teach, we can keep it simple. If I can have three or four resources that I know work for my nervous system, my nervous system will not become immune to those. They will not become, I will not become desensitized. So we can continue to use the same regulation resources that work. And if you try anything and you're like, yeah, that didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's also bio-individual in the sense that our nervous systems are all different. So that's just information and it's no harm, no foul. You try a different resource the next time until you have three or four that are particularly effective for you yeah. in the moment that you can use. That is incredibly helpful. And I'm already thinking about the situation where I'm in the bathroom and, you know, imagine the kid banging on the door, mommy, 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 mommy. And what you can realistically do when you can't necessarily get away from all the stimulation, which of course would be ideal, but being able to do some of the breathing techniques, if I'm in the bathroom, I can turn the water on cold. I can put some of that water on my face and on my neck and I think that that's great because you have sort of those toolbox options for yourself and to just know what those are so that when you're actually in that situation, you're able to be resourceful with what's around you and what you have. So maybe it's in the kitchen and so you can take the frozen vegetables, put them on your neck. And sometimes it's even a pattern interrupt because I know my kids would be like, "Um, mom, why are you putting frozen vegetables on your neck. And I say, well, this is something that calms my body down so that I can be a little bit calmer right now because I'm very, you know, very upset. So that's really helpful. I actually have one question. I would love your professional opinion. Um, I've spoken before on this show, and then you and I have spoken previously about this highly sensitive person, you know, being an HSP. And I find that if my children hit me, physically, depending on the time when I'm on my cycle, especially I can immediately, it feels immediate to me, immediately burst into tears, um, just from having that physical stimulation and just, um, I'm probably on the edge, like what you were talking about. So that one hit is like the beach ball coming up and (laughs) exploding. And I'm never clear at that point whether it's better to be in front of my children trying to regulate myself or if I should be removing myself because it's obvious that I'm upset and I want them to see emotional regulation happening. But a lot of times I feel so triggered. I don't feel like I'm safe to be even around my kids. So if I were to get hit right now by my kid and just start bursting into tears, what would you recommend that I do in that particular case? Such a good question. And I think it's a great question in that context. And I also think just the conversation around allowing our children to witness our emotions in general, right? And how that impacts them. So I think a couple things. One, if we're going to do any teaching, it has to be from a regulated space. So I think you're right. If you're at a space where you're like, I know that this is not, I'm not going to do any good teaching here um, or parenting. You can go take a few minutes away and then come back. But I love this because our children are so 
smart and perceptive. And I think about, you know, I have had a client ask, like, is it, is it scary or am I going to scar my children if they see me cry or if they see me get angry or any of these things? And it's, if, if, if my child walks into the room and sees me crying and notices, right. And asks me like, mom, what's wrong or whatever. And I wipe away my tears quickly on my sleeve and take a deep breath. And it's like, Oh no, don't worry about it, honey. Like nothing is wrong. The dissonance between what they are experiencing and what I am telling them for our young children were their mirror, right. To what they're witnessing is such that we're teaching them. You're not perceiving this, right. Your intuition is wrong. You're, you know, uh, you can't trust what it is that you're noticing about other people. You're, you're, whatever's in you that's wanting to be compassionate towards me in this moment isn't needed. I, this isn't a space for it. And that when the, the somatic cues they're picking up from us, the tears or the sadness or the anger, we're telling them that they're getting it wrong. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing for us to really prey on and ask for discernment about because, because it's not what I want to be teaching my children. So how can we allow them to witness that in a way that's age appropriate and in a way that's actually helpful and constructive and helps them to, to really grow in their emotional intelligence? And I think a couple things. One, acknowledge the reality, right? And I think part of that is so beautiful because in that we're giving our kids permission to also have their own emotions. Yes. Remember yesterday when you got so mad at your brother because he took your toy and your body just felt really hot and mad. That happens to me too. Just because I'm a grown up doesn't mean I don't get sad or I don't get mad. And it's okay to have all of these feelings. You know, God had these feelings and Jesus had these feelings and everyone in the Bible had these feelings. But here's the thing, just like it wasn't okay for you to hit your brother yesterday. It's also not okay for me to do whatever I feel like doing when I'm having these big feelings. And that's a beautiful start to a conversation you can have too. And then I think two quick, two quick things on this. Once we're regulated, right? Once our kids are regulated is one reassuring their safety. It can be scary, right? To see your parents sad, crying, angry. So just reassuring them. Yeah. You saw me crying when I was talking to dad, you're safe. Mom and dad love each other. They love you. Like no one's going anywhere. However, that conversation mm-hmm. looks in an age appropriate way. And then I think something that's so important and pivotal and something that a lot of us probably missed from our own parents is reassuring our children that they do not have to do anything to make us feel better. Mm -hmm. It is not their responsibility. So I I tell my kids like, Hey, if you feel safer, more comfortable, you want to sit by me or on me, that would, that would feel really good to me too. But it is not your job to make me happy. It is not your job to make me feel better. You don't have to go get me anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to tell me a joke. Like you don't have to do anything. We can just sit here while I'm sad. And you know what? Like God's so good. And I know I'm going to feel better soon, but it's not your job to make me feel better. I love you. I will protect you. I will care for you through all of this. Um, But I got this. It's my job to keep you safe. You don't have to worry about me. And I think that's, that's really healing for them to hear. Oh, that's incredibly helpful. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, just in how we're able to take that and be able to teach them while they're still feeling safe, you know, and I feel like that's really important. Um, And also not feeling like we as moms have to, like you said at the beginning, have to feel like we have to be calm all the time because it's just not realistic and it's not how we were designed. And so that, yeah, that is incredibly helpful. 
And I'll make sure to share that in the show notes, the resource you were talking about, because I hope I can remember at least 17 of them so that I can, you know, use them when I need. But thank you so much for all the wisdom that you shared. This has been so incredibly helpful to me, I know, and to everyone. And I would love it if you could just tell us how we can connect with you and where we can find you and learn more about how we can better emotionally regulate in our motherhood journey. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, you can find me at my podcast. It's called The Calm Mom. And then uh, my website is just my name, michellegrosser.com. There's a great, a great um, quiz there called the Personality Pattern Quiz that I've gotten so much feedback from moms. Uh, it's really an exploration of how our own childhood is affecting our, our motherhood and the patterns that we're running as adults and kind of the origin of some of those that we've picked up along the way. Um, so that's a great place to start too. And then I'm on Instagram sometimes at um, michellegrosser.coach. Wonderful. I will definitely take that quiz myself <laughs> and we'll link that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, Michelle. This has been really wonderful. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.